What's good, everybody? I'm Winston A. Marshall, aka the Swaggy Blurred, here with Dwayne Burke, and we are here to do the Masters of the Universe Revelation review, as well as give you a little bit of that nerdy news that you were so used to getting. Happy to be here, Dwayne. How you doing, brother man? I'm I'm doing good. I'm I'm happy we're going to be talking about the positive of the show because I I outside of some confusing parts I had in the show. I actually really, really liked it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I mean, and the funny thing is, I, I don't know about you, man. Uh, why don't we just dive right into it? Um, I have never seen He-Man or anything associated to it personally. This was, this was, I was brand new to the series. Didn't really know what was going on when it all started. Uh, I had obviously heard of the character He-Man and I had seen, I had, I knew at least a little bit of lore that like, he does like a Shazam type uh, transformation. He can also kind of do that to other people. So he does it to like his cat Cringer. Uh, I didn't know Cringer was a coward, but then turns into Battle Cat. Is that what it is? Yep. And then all of a sudden gets super like excited and geeked out or like it's like ready to fight. Um, and I knew I've heard of Skeletor before. I knew that's his main villain. Um, but I, other than that, know nothing. I don't know. I didn't know about Man at Arms. No idea about Tila. Didn't really know about uh, uh, Orca nothing so i went in here cold um which i think gives me a unique view to the show i'm sure that there are plenty of people that were diehard he-man fans that like felt some type of way but i thought it told like a really like compelling story um i saw a lot of complaints about how you know there's not enough he-man in it but it's not even called he-man it's called the masters of the universe meaning which i'm not mistaken is like his crew right it's like He-Man yeah. and the Masters of the Universe. So it's the whole crew, of, like, you know, fighting squad. And I don't know, man, like there's something to be said about this kind of, uh, you know, Avatar, Korra, like kind of we're going on a quest to like save the world type situation. And we're not just going to immediately get He-Man who I noticed at the beginning of that first episode is a little OP. You know what I'm saying? Like you, I, I, I guess obviously people would love it because he would get into whatever misadventures, uh, back in the day but like based off of how just like savage he-man was in that first fight i'm like it's probably a good thing that goku ain't here at the start you know what i mean that like we gotta wait to come back around to this uh what, what about you did you watch he-man back in the day bro uh i'm honestly not old enough to have watched he-man back in the day uh <laughs> i didn't read the comics i had and i think that's part of the confusion that i was alluding to earlier i have no frame of reference for these characters and what they're supposed to be because my one of one of my only real gripes with the series is it starts as though you are familiar with the characters already right and right. for someone who was not it left me confused for the first like episode and a half maybe yeah 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 i i was just really confused about where we were in the world and like right um, but once once we got into it and I understood like, hey, this is kind of moving that with the understanding that you are familiar with He-Man kind of at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was like, OK, cool. I'm going to be confused. But like this wasn't made with my viewpoint necessarily. So I'm going to take right. that into consideration as I reach those confusion points and not really get bothered by them because I think if I go back, I get do a little bit of my homework and watch it again. I I won't have those same 
issues. So right. I'm not going to hold any of that against the series as like with my critiques of it. But I, I think you're you're right. It's like you can't have Superman just show up because the story's over. Like it's, it's <laughs> over. It's, it's a thousand percent yeah. over. If all of a sudden she's like, all right, clack. So you had to give him a situation, and and I appreciate this. And I and again, I get the flip side of it. If if I'm if I'm understanding this correctly, it was just like the adventures of like He Man and the Masters of the Universe, where He Man was always fighting Skeletor and having to deal with some sort of crisis. But if we're telling this specific like through story, because if I'm not mistaken, He Man was uh, episodic. It wasn't at like it had maybe some serial moments, but it was more episodic. Whereas this feels serialized. We're like we're gonna go through an entire tail um if he manages there again he can just smack people around and then that that's the end of that so i think the idea of like the magic is being destroyed from the planet and it's the thing that's actually keeping it together which is also kind of like if you want to take it for a current theme pretty relevant to a lot of people starting to genuinely look at like yo what have we done to our climate at this point with how hot the summer has been how crazy the fires and the storms have been it's this idea of like ooh, we've kind of stripped the magic out of the planet uh how do we go about trying to so i thought that was an interesting take but um we're talking about like an all-star crew here uh, an all-star cast i mean uh lena hetty uh mark hamill uh steven root uh, Phil Lamar, Dennis Haysbert, uh, Sarah Michelle Geller. Like we're talking about some of the biggest names both on the screen and real live action, as well as voiceover artists that just bring this world so to life. And you can feel that Kevin Smith style just like stamped right on it, man. I mean, I understand you don't really like the exchange, so I why you left him out, but also downtown Griffey Nooms. I, mean, I forgot Griffey is in it. I forgot <laughs> Griffey is in it. Which which character is he playing? He's though? he's Orca. Oh, he's Orca. Yeah. Oh wow. He, I I yeah. I, I you know what? I don't know him enough, and I blame Craig for that. I don't know him <laughs> enough in that I just didn't recognize his voice. You know. Oh, what he I mean? he put he puts on the voice for well, Orca. Right. I, yeah. I, yeah. No, no, for sure. But for uh, sure, for sure. but yeah, he, he uh, if if anyone isn't or hasn't watched it um we'll just you know keep on the name drops and the plugs but over on the scum and villainy twitch channel uh scum and villainy the current star wars fcl champion jc reifenberg owner of the bar uh they had uh kevin's show that he does normally but with mark bernardin but he did a a kind of a con for uh masters of universe revelation and him and Griffin talked about kind of the process that they went through of developing the voice for uh, Orca and Griffin's casting and all that. And it was it was a really interesting conversation. So go check that out. But like I one of my favorite moments of the show was that moment with uh, Orca and Evelyn. Yeah. When he's like, hey, I can do it. And yeah. it was very reminiscent of the uh end of rebels for me when kanan uh spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen rebels not that it came out you know five years ago oh god all right look, just wave at me when you're done i'm just gonna hit the mute button bro because i have it i'm, I'm... <laughs> give me a thumbs up when you're done all right <laughs> okay so it was very reminiscent of the moment for me when when kanan sacrifices himself uh and kind of 
reaches that point where he fully feels like he he's he is a Jedi master. Um, and and it's that moment when Orca really becomes a true master of magic. And it felt very similar to me. And it it. <laughs> oh, wow, that's wild. Man. I was trying to be a good of good co-host, man, and like give you reactions to what you were saying. I hope you were like, and that's what they murdered and called him the N word and stomped him on the ground. And like, I'm out here be like, what's, what? That, what's that's so good. What's funny is your reactions were actually like semi perfectly timed. <laughs> hey, man. Look, it's years and years and years of like in conversations you don't want to be in, be like, damn, that's a crazy. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> um, no, nah, man, I I, I really got to give props to this show though. I, I I appreciate from someone that was in the dark, I agree with you. There was a little bit of a learning curve, but it wasn't long. I feel like within 10 to 15 yep. minutes, we kind of understand, okay, Prince Adam you know, the king and queen here. Some people know he's He-Man. Some people know he, he's not He-Man. The same old song and dance with Skeletor and all that. You got to see a little bit of everybody's power set and then what the world looks like without magic and what it looks like without He-Man. Um, but I really enjoy these, like, you know, call, you know being a, a video game head, being, a, you know, an RPG head. I enjoy these stories where, like, you're having to reassemble the crew. You're having to get people to like discover new abilities or whatever else kind of going forth. And so it was just, again, that questing show that I think uh, for me is filling that gap of Avatar and Korra uh, at this particular juncture. Um, so, you know, I hear people's complaints about about the, the, the show, but I, I also feel like on the one hand, I feel like maybe you're, you're going a little too saucy with it when you consider it is part one of the season. They broke it up uh, and we got such a big cliffhanger. I'm going to say spoiler alert for this. I mean, it's kind of at the front end of this. The fact that we get Adam back and they get the warning, if you leave heaven, if you leave Paternia, you're never coming back here. You're, you're essentially yeah. sacrificing eternal life in order to go back uh, to Eternia and, and serve as He-Man again. And by the time they get the magic back to Eternia, homie gets stabbed by Skeletor and essentially killed. We don't know where he's not, we're not sure yet if he's fully dead, but essentially looks like he's about to die. And now Skeletor has the sort of power and, and you know, as he says, he is the, now the master of the universe. Um, I'm excited to see where this goes next, man. I really am. Um, I, I hope we get Orca back because he's definitely one of my favorite characters uh, just from the beginning of it. Man in Arms though is a, badass holy yeah shite. yeah like that was shite, right that's yeah that was <laughs> that that was another great just like uh what's the action set piece i guess not, not that it yeah, was a set yeah. piece because there's no there's no set but like yeah. when when they come back from paternia and he's just holding down the fort i was like by himself yeah bro. i was like this is this is awesome and I, I think his I, I don't I don't know if I have a favorite character, but I really liked him and uh, uh, Orca, I think, are my two when I, I had a I, I, I also and this might be a little weird for some folks, but I also really identified with Evil Evelyn like oh, I I even even with the end and what happens at the end, I still identified with with that and and the entire uh 
kind of arc that her character had through through this, these five episodes. I totally understand the decisions that she made, and I don't think that she's evil at all. Honestly, she, she reminds <laughs> me in a lot of ways of Harley Quinn and this idea where it's like she's still kind of balancing back and forth between because she kind of has like it's not about her relationship with Skeletor per se, but this idea yep. of at at heart she's like neutral like she's a she's not a good person she's not a bad person she's neutral but she's trying to figure her own stuff out and so she learned something about herself having to team up with the good guys in order to save the planet but just like i mean even though the original suicide squad and we're going to talk about the, the the newest one in just a moment here even though the original suicide squad just for an anchor that most people have seen you know she goes running back to joker um, there's a moment where she then realizes, you know what, this isn't good for me. And you're not actually a good person. You don't care. The same way you see in the Harley Quinn show, uh, the same way you've seen all of her iterations. It's that weird thing of fighting that old you and that part that you're comfortable with and that you were originally questing to get back to. And then also acknowledging and accepting that new you that's kind of been growing over the course of the quest. So I'm very interested to see what she does in part B. Um, if you had to give it a rating, what would you rate uh, part A of Master of the Universe Revolu uh, Revelation? Uh, I I would give it a solid four out of five. Um, I, I think because I am going to rewatch it after doing a little bit of homework and kind of familiarizing myself with the characters that uh, I just the stories that I have no idea about. And then I'll, I'll give it a rewatch and see if that bumps it up. Because for me, that that confusion and the lack of familiarity with the characters kind of hurt it just a little bit for me. Um, but, you know, that's kind of my own fault. <laughs> no, no, it's, but, all, I mean, it's all good, man. It's but, all good. We got a lot of stuff going on. It is, is other than like going and touring it or whatever is like the old school He-Man just out there for people to watch. I don't know. And that's one of the things I'm going to have to figure out and see if there's a place where I can watch it. And if there is, I I'm, I'm going to give it a fair shake. I don't know if it holds up or not because I've never been a He-Man fan. So I don't know. I don't have, I also don't have the nostalgia goggles when I'm looking at it. So for like a lot of people that have been like, Oh, this isn't He-Man. This isn't masters of the universe. I'm looking at it from a completely different, you know, point of view because I don't have that. Right nostalgia so i think that also right. changes the way i i i viewed it and i i thought that all of the characters in it got an arc that was like deserving and interesting like every that's that's one of the things that we complain about all the time is hey this character just felt like they were there and didn't actually do anything but in this show everyone. everyone got an arc every single character got an arc and it like made sense and even it, roboto bro even roboto got a, a, a yeah bit of an and, arc going and what's crazy is it's five episodes but the arcs felt complete even though we yeah. know that we're gonna get another five episodes everyone's arc felt complete so like Absolutely. i i have to give it at least a four just just for it, that I give it a solid four as well. It's nothing that I'm like, oh my God, this is one of my favorite shows of all time, but I thoroughly enjoyed myself. I felt like, like you said, for being a part one, I felt all five episodes did were in a nice, neat little bow that if for whatever reason, part two never came out, I would hate to not know about how they deal with Skeletor and Adam on his deathbed. Um, 
but I feel like this was like nice and neatly packaged and I'm excited to see more. Uh, so yeah, y'all let us know what you think in the comments, throw it down there, hit a like button, all that good stuff. We're going to jump into a little bit of news before we get out of here, uh, cover some stuff that you may have been seeing, uh, starting specifically with the Suicide Squad uh, and its early reviews that have come out on Rotten Tomatoes. It drops next week, August 6th. Uh, so Dwayne, why don't you walk us through this real quick, man? Uh, yeah, so right now, currently, I believe it is holding at a 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And it seems like everyone is really high on it. Uh, the DCEU counterparts, we've got Wonder Woman at 93%, Shazam at 90%, Birds of Prey at 79%. So you have a kind of a, a meter to um, hold it against. You can see where it's can, uh, competing or how it's performing compared to its peers. Um, but I, I'm just going to go ahead and say it because I, I don't want to. I've not read or kind of seen anything other than what I've passed on social media. I because I want to go into this as kind of as blind as possible to give it uh, a fair shake. I'm really excited for this. Uh, I saw the one trailer. That's all I wanted to see. I didn't want to see anything else that got me hyped. I think James Gunn's going to do fantastic things with this film. Um, I'm also I don't know if you heard about the Starro that's being in installed in. I believe it's in Trafalgar Square in London. The giant Starro, um, like r r rest in peace or rest in power to the big man, John Schnepp. But I know he would have loved. God damn it. I did it this week. Just twice. <laughs> two I, God damn it. I know he would have loved it. Yeah. Seeing Starro in 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 London. Like, I know he would have loved this. Um, good thing this is edited. I can edit that out. That's true. That's <laughs> but true. I like this i'm so hyped for this movie i cannot wait to see it i i don't know how you feel about it but i'm i'm, I'm super excited about it as well um i i have heard nothing but good things that the the big thing to point out to everybody that um that 100 percent is over uh uh 46 reviews currently so that's pretty impressive uh those are those are getting close to get out numbers of when they were getting their 100 percent before it eventually you had some haters knock it down um, so, and everything that I've seen from people that we know in the industry that were at that review, uh, have been saying amazing things about that as well. Uh, so I absolutely can't wait, especially because to be honest with you, I know there's the, the jury's out about guardians of the galaxy Two. I personally really enjoy that film. James Gunn with this misfits, uh, you know, it, like kind of anti-hero thing. He's killed it for two films already. So there's no shock in my, there's no shock to me that you give him and more A-list actors, more obscure characters, but like have funny things tied to them. And you're going to get like just an absolute, just like, uh, you know, rompous good time, especially because I believe this is rated R as well. Right. So we're not only getting, we're not only getting that same kind of misfit humor, but he's able to ratchet up like some of the violence a little bit, which is obviously fun when you're dealing with Harley Quinn and villains, essentially, not just, you know, kind of a-holes as they're talked about in guardians but actual villains here i mean this is this is exactly what you would hope from something like this so cannot wait to get uh get in theaters and uh you know watch this whole thing uh but why don't we go ahead and jump uh to our next story uh and that's apparently 
the truth about why Boba Fett ended up in the Sarlacc pit. If you want to go ahead and uh, break this down real quick, Dwayne. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't know. I would say this is a new story because the, the source for this is uh, Jonathan W. w Rinsler's 2013 book, The Making of Star Wars Return of the Jedi, um, where editor Dwayne Dunham recalled how complicated the sail barge scene was. He talks about how there was an edit every 11th frame, which uh, at the time was more edits than were in most feature length films. And the reason they sent Boba Fett into the Sarlacc pit was simply because the scene was too complicated to keep him in it. So real quick edit, throw him in the Sarlacc pit. Now they don't have to edit around him. Um, I mean, which is wild, which is I look Boba Fett was one of my favorite characters back in the day. And funnily enough, Return of the Jedi was the first Star Wars film I saw. And then I went back and saw A New Hope and Empire. So it, it was kind of crappy for a character that looks so badass and was already pretty revered and all that to just kind of go out in a very like, like kind of death. Um, but it, for, I mean, Dwayne, you, you obviously work in the industry as well. You know how complicated like shooting films is. So I can also understand being like, bro, we ain't got it. Like just throw them in and, and we got so much other stuff to cover just yeah. move on with it and i and i can understand that it sucks again to happen such a, to such an iconic character with such like an awesome lore to him that we obviously got more of later as star wars continued on but i get it you know what i mean i mean for, to be fair a lot of that is 2020 hindsight none of this lore existed when he was thrown in the Sarlacc pit, most of the history of the Mandalorians, or I think actually all of it was post Return of the Jedi. So we didn't have any of this cool knowledge of Boba Fett prior to him getting thrown in the Sarlacc pit. But also, like we all know from the prequels and honestly, from the original trilogy as well, George Lucas is not this Spielbergian director. So yeah, it, the editor saved most of the original trilogy. Like people have talked at length about how editing saved a new hope. Editing saved Empire. Like there's a reason that edit editors were given so much control over what happened in these films. So like it it doesn't surprise me that the reason that it happened is because the editors couldn't work around what was shot. So they used what they did. Doesn't surprise me at all. No, absolutely. I, I mean, and this isn't the first piece of news that we've seen. I mean, there was also, um, there's also, you know, the idea of Boba Fett was supposed to get his revenge against Mace Windu. So it wasn't supposed to be that that story came out a little while ago that it wasn't supposed to be, he just gets thrown out of a window by Palpatine that Boba was supposed to be able to kill Mace Windu and like, you know, there's not many people in the world uh, that can kill a Jedi. So that would have only furthered like his badassery. Uh, but obviously, you know, that did not, that did not play out as well. Um, 
but you know, it is what it is. We're going to get the book of Boba soon. Uh, the book of Boba Fett. So hopefully how we got out of the Sarlacc pit stuff like that will give him even more redeeming qualities, even though he's already been redeemed a lot in, in more, uh, you know, we will see what happens with that. All right. So our last story we want to cover real quick. Uh, the new predator movie has got its title and we found out it's going to be an origin story. So Dwayne, what's going on with this film, man? Yeah, so speaking to Collider, the producers of the film, John Davis and John Fox, said that the movie is going to be called Skull, and it will follow a female hero as she battles the Predators. Um, It's going to go back to what made the original Predator movie work, the ingenuity of a human being who won't give up, uh, who's able to observe and interpret basically being able to beat a stronger, more powerful, well-armed force. Um, They've said that it's going to be a distant origin story from the Predator's time on Earth, and it's more akin to The Revenant than any other film in Predator canon. Um, I, eh, I don't know how I feel about this, if I'm being completely honest. Um... It's 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 a it's a little iffy to me, like I'm not super excited about Predator movies to begin with post uh, the first one. Um, I I don't really like what they did with either of the newer uh, Predator Predator films. I'll be honest. Uh, What is it? Um, I think it's Predator Predator and the Predator. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's Predator is the one from like 2000. 14 2015 uh, I, I don't know movie predator release dates was yeah right yeah and then the predator is the one that came out a couple years back in 2017 so it was it was 2018 was the predator predators yeah. was 2010 yeah okay and so the first and the second were 87 and 90 yeah so predators and the predator i was not a huge fan of either one of those for various reasons and that's kind of made me just um hesitant because i i don't know if the 80s action kind of formula works anymore and and that's very much what made the original film work it 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 was an 80s action film i think in in the time of john wick atomic blonde the raid uh, all of these movies that formula doesn't work anymore, at least it, for action's sake. And we need more. And if this film gives us more, then I think it be, it could revive the franchise, but it has to give us more. I Yeah, I feel that. I think if we go back to the formula of like it being almost like an action horror thriller where it literally is our hero versus an insurmountable monster, um, I actually am kind of here for it in that regard. Um, I, I know obviously there, you, you, like I haven't know people would know better than me because I've only at this point seen the first two. I didn't see the two newer iterations. I've seen uh, the Alien versus Predator movies, but you know it's not really in the same canon here, um, sort of, but not really. Um, so I am curious. I am curious to see, but but all of the stuff the stuff that I've been reading about, you know, Predator Five about Skull has been even a producer being like, you know, it's as good as the original movie, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, if they really do find a way to recapture that magic, I'm all here for it. Um, And I've been pretty, you know, 
forward about i'm not a big period piece person so if they like you know they didn't give us an exact timeline of when it's happening but it is uh it is the hero is uh an indigenous american uh warrior um and so i am interested in what that is but i again i don't necessarily like going back in time like that so i don't know how i'm gonna feel like i i kind of like the idea of like we're trying to use our future tech to fight him. Oh my God, their future tech is more ridiculous. Like now I'm like, all right, so he's out here with like, the predators out here with like cloaking and, and ridiculous guns and knives and all that. And she's like, I got a tomahawk. Like, I, we'll see. Um, but but other than that though, I, if, if it really is getting back to the idea of like, you got to outsmart this thing because you're not going to outfight this thing. I'm actually very curious to see how this one plays out personally. Like I'm it's, it's on my list of must watch. Yeah. I mean, I, I obviously haven't seen the movie, haven't read the script, but just knowing about when it's going to be set and having seen the original predator, I, I can't help, but feel like it's just going to be a beat for beat rehash of the original. And it might be, you know, even even down, even down to, you know, how they defeat the heat sensing technology of the Predators, like back in that time, not a whole lot of options. So I think it's going to be the exact same thing that Arnold did in the original. So, like, what's what's the point for me? I, I, I get that. I think the argument people will make would be and where some people did not like The Force Awakens. Because the Force Awakens, in a lot of ways, is beat for beat, a new hope. Um, it could be the same thing, but even with it having a kind of beat for beat, if you're introducing new stuff and you're and you while you're giving a nod to the OG, you're still putting some new stuff in there. I think you could still end up with like a quality product, but we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Um, yeah. All right, y'all. So with that. We appreciate you joining us. Be sure, again, to leave a like, leave a comment. Tell us what you think about any of the stories we covered. Tell us what you think about Masters of the Universe Revelation. Uh, We're so happy to do this. We're going to keep on doing uh, this kind of like news review thing uh, through September. And then we're going to kind of see where the wind takes us from there, y'all. So much love to everybody that joined us. For Dwayne Burke, I'm the Swaggy Blurred Wind City Marshal. We'll see y'all next time.